Before we crack into this episode, Philip. Yes. So I'm going to crack open a cold can of Coopers. Actually, can you do it? Because I'm holding the, the red. I can. My, my favorite Coopers is a red Coopers. Of course it is. Because it's the uh, 5.8% stunning. Oh, is it? Mm, yum. Um, they're our sponsors today. And Australia's oldest independent brewery. Did you know that? I did not know that, Timothy. Well, now you do. You're here to learn. Every Cooper's Ale finishes its fermentation in the bottle or can. So by giving it a gentle roll, what we do is we mix through the flavorful sediment. Yum. Don't throw that sediment out. Roll it through. It's that cloudy deliciousness that turns a great beer into the greatest beer. As they say, Coopers, roll the beer, unlock the flavour, and we're here to unlock your life and times, Phil Jamison. Roll it! <laughs> Hello, my name's Philip Jamison. I'm an Aries. I'm 45 years old. I was born in Hornsby, New South Wales, and I sing in a band called Grinspoon, and I'm also a dilettante. Hello. Welcome to the next episode of Introducing. I am Tim Blackwell. Hopefully you enjoyed Luke Pritchard from The Kooks. Did you listen to that? I mean, look, I'm not angry if you didn't. Uh, it was great, though, chatting to him at the Enmore Theatre before going on stage. He was out here to celebrate their debut album, Inside In, Inside Out. It was a cracking album. Amazingly came out the same day as the Arctic Monkeys debut, too. So what a time for music. What a time to be alive. Strap in, though, because here we are with, well, this little wallflower, this shrinking violet, me old mate, Phil Jamison. Look, arguably one of the best frontmen in Australia. Like, it's going to be hard to beat him. He is on fire still as we chat at the Enmore Hotel in Sydney. Thanks to the guys at the Enmore Hotel for having us. We um, we had a couple of jugs of Coopers. Not going to lie, they provided us with beer mats. And also, we, we hung out in one of the little rooms upstairs. I think you can rent those rooms. So, you know, if you're in Sydney and you're looking for somewhere to stay near the Enmore Theatre, go check out the Enmore Hotel. There you go. It's beautiful. And then you're above a pub, I mean. Living above a pub, that has got to be the dream. Now, um, Phil, Phil and I met at Splendour in the Grass. I think I saw him first at the big day out where he blew my mind. He was um, unbelievable. We'll chat about all things from winning the first ever Triple J Unearthed right through till now, including some of his solo stuff. So sit back and relax. Uh, enjoy, more importantly than anything else. Just enjoy my chat with Phil Jamison. Lovely to see you. You're fresh from Small Fry Rock. Yes. I'm going to put my sunglasses on too because it feels right. Do you like these? No. Serious? I love them. You look great in everything. Thank you very much. How was that? Uh, Small Fry Rock was challenging. Um, when you play for kids, it's a kids gig basically. So you, I was at Marrickville, the great club in Marrickville, a sold out show, which is 350 people. But And their parents? And their parents. Oh, right. <laughs> and if you can imagine the boiler room at Big Day Out, but instead of everything else you spent was nuggets, fries, and poo. Oh. Yeah, smell like that. <laughs> Yum. Um, <laughs> did, you yeah. Green Spirit, did you do Dead Cat three times? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do Dead Cat three times. that would freak them out. It, it did. I, I kind of just like, I did a bit of happy and you know it, clap your hands. Yeah. I had a really great accompanist that I had a pianist. I mean, I grew up on play school, so I brought today a great pianist that was able to 
kind of make it fun. What I've known ever playing for kids is everything sonic's important to them. So if I play the harmonica or I put on the distortion pedal or anything like that, they really go, whoa, it doesn't matter about the melody or the song, it's about the sound. Oh, I tell that to the Wiggles. So that Papa Dum song is ripped. So only one lyric. Papa Dum, Papa Dum, Papa Dapa Dapa Dum, Papa Dapa 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 Dum. I'm not familiar with that. That sounds great. Are you serious? But yeah, so it was a fun gig, but it was sweaty, hot, and it smelled like nuggets. So how did we meet? We met- I've got I've got some ideas, but maybe you're not for this environment. Oh no, I remember meeting you as I remember it. We met at Splendor in the Grass. Yes, and uh, I did not know who Timothy was, and he was really fun. He was hanging around all the tents as he does, and he was he he was there. He was everywhere. It was four in the morning, and we we figured out that you were from a radio show, and then you did the spiel. You did this great thing. <laughs> And I was like, oh, you're really good. He's like, you're number one show in the country. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I don't think <laughs> we met it, Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> you did like, yeah, there's a Tim driving you home. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You, did the, you did your thing. And I was like, oh, wow. Since then, we've been firm friends outside of mm. each yes. other's gigs. I think that was the first time I remember meeting you. I might have met you earlier. We met earlier, but I, was, I certainly wasn't on the number one national show when we first met. There we go. But uh, it's nice that I brought that up when I was. Yeah, you definitely were rolling deep. You're like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what you do all the time. First well, time I actually saw you was at the big day out in Perth and you were standing on an amplifier with a Fuck Me I'm Famous t-shirt on. Yeah, well. That's my favourite t-shirt of all time. No. You were a great fun man. Had to be done. Had to be. Thank you very much. Let's talk about the beginning though because you grew up in um, Australia's rock and roll heartland, Hornsby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great Chinese restaurants and heaps of bus stops. Um, what do you remember <laughs> about that? I time? don't really remember much. I, I, my early years were up in that area, Castle Hill, North Rocks, for example. I think my grandfather owned Castle Hill Caravans. It was like one of those very conservative Christian upbringings. And at the age of five, my parents decided to move to Burke to follow Jesus. And so we moved out to Burke. Your dad and was in a, a religious band, wasn't it? Yeah. Good, good, good Grief? Good Grief, yeah. Good so, Grief. So he was a I singer. He was a singer in Good Grief. And my mum was a support act. She was a harmonist in a pianist in a, a band called Key. Anyway, long story long, they did Beach Mission along the East Coast. I think it's called Beach Mission, which is it still happens to this day. But we moved to Burke when I was five and we joined a community called Cornerstone, which was a pretty grassroots Christian community. Like you built houses out of mud brick. There was no television. There was no, you know, there was you know, it was kind of like one of those. It sounds scary. Sounds it sounds scarier than it was, but it was actually. I loved it. It was unreal, and um, wouldn't give it up for quids. And that was in '83, and that was the year the Darling River flooded, and all this stuff happened out in Burke, which I remember really fondly. Um, having that kind of experience in my life, thankful to my parents, I didn't you know hang around North Rocks. There was nothing happening there really. So yeah, so we moved around a bit, following the Lord and preaching the 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 good word. Was of- there any other music happening in your house? Hold like playing on the system that wasn't religious? No, no, okay. no. It was really much gospel. Um, well, can you remember a gospel song that sticks uh, in your mind like a little earworm as a young you Phil know, Jamison? I don't really remember a lot of it early on. I remember le- I remember playing in the church band mm. and learning like kind of Pentecostal pseudo songs like Fear Not, which is A minor to F, and I still remember it to this day. But uh, I don't remember early on those kind of songs. I think a lot of it was a cappella back then, yeah. uh, back out there. But uh, 
So musically, there was, wasn't a lot going on, but uh, my parents were very encouraging me to do arts. I think they were both terrible sports people. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, kind of. So, um, so I ended up doing arts in some ways. And um, yeah. so I ended up, we, we moved to a, a place from Burke. We moved to Oki, which is outside of Toowoomba and continued this. And yeah, it was one of those interesting little upbringings. When did you think though that you're going to break out? Because I think your first gig was Bros. Is that right? And your beers, your Coopers is Look, behind you, by the way. Well, I saw the Shantuzies. Is it the Shantuzies? Yeah. The Shantuzies. Oh, yeah. um, David sh- Rain was the drummer. Yeah, I do, I do get away with him. He was yeah. my getaway producer. I saw he the told Shan- me lots of Shantuzies story. I saw the Shantuzies at Dreamworld uh, on wow. a <laughs> what at the end of their career. <laughs> Or, no, I'm not sure if it's the beginning or the end, but I saw them there. In a theme park? In a theme park, yes. I saw them there. And then I saw, I like, to be honest, yes, I saw Bross Live, obviously, which yeah. is on my Wikipedia. Good, good research. Yeah. But I think that also I saw, I saw a bunch of Christian rock before then. Like I grew up with, with Christian people. So I went to Black Stump. I went to Petra. I went to all that stuff, the Sydney Entertainment Center. I saw Spy V Spy. I saw Tommy Emmanuel. You know, that's kind Emmanuel, of- yeah. Because he was, he, was a Christian, gas. he was a Christian guy. So was he? he? Yeah. Well, allegedly. Oh. So you went to that. You're like, this is okay. So yeah, I saw a bunch of stuff and I saw Bross and then I was like, this is kind of a bit shit. Like pop music, I kind of got lost. I got lost a bit of interest in it. And at the same time around 91 where I was kind of getting disinterested in pop music, there was this massive scene in Australia, which happened to my perfect little zeitgeist of me between 14 and 15 going, oh, there's- a band called UMI or Tumbleweed or Spiderbait. I'm like, oh, or Magic Dirt. So I, I fell into this kind of like little curve of going, oh wow, this is this is not only Australian, but it's awesome. And also Nirvana as well helped, yeah, I guess, <laughs> a little bit. Tell us about Dancing with Daisies in a Meadow of Corruption. Uh, that was my band. Wow, you've done your research. Uh, Dancing with Daisies in a Meadow of Corruption was a band. Catchy. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> da- Dancing. Thank Say what? You. Thank you. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Should we go and see Hans of Okay. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So um, my band I started in high school was called Dance With Days in a Matter of Corruption with my sister. And we did Frente and we were we were writing our own songs and it was uh, we had a saxophonist and we were kind of terrible. And I wrote a song about a serial killer called Dave and Pete. And it was a fun time when we came second in a band comp. And it was a- uh, But it gave you that little urge, that little tingle. It was a fun thing to do, and it was a front man of that band. That I think my sister was front. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, also it was still a rad band name. Like it wasn't like something shit. No, like it's good. yeah, it's cool and it was fun. And like we had girls in the band, and we we sung songs about serial killers, and then we had other stuff happening. It was like we were inspired by the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Frente. So we were like yeah. everything that was happening in the early nineties. We were the amalgamation of that. And the best year, the best decade of music, the nineties. Perhaps. But no, it is. I'm I'm telling you. Okay, thank asking. you. It's an authority. <laughs> um but yeah, Dancing with Daisy is a matter of corruption is amazing. You know that. But yeah. uh yes, that was uh that was and then my mescaline, first. then crab apple, <laughs> and then my, my 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 favorite one, your punk band, Stiffy. Yes. Now, how where, do you where did know, that band How do you know on? this? How do you know this? You big pervert. Uh so there was yoga truck before Stiffy. <laughs> I thought yoga truck came after Stevie. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you set that one up. So there was yoga truck. There was Stiffy. Stiffy, I played drums in. There of was course. also <laughs> muscle, which wasn't wasn't allowed to be printed in Lismore papers. We just well, any paper. Not oh, sorry. Oh, hello, Sydney Morning Herald's on the phone. <laughs> 
Muscle. Kathy McCabe's not going to print the muscle gig. Um, so we were just doing uh, Bikini Kill, Slant Six, Huggy Bears covers. Yes, there's been lots of bands. Okay. I can't believe yeah. you know all of them. But okay. let's let's talk about the big one, Greenspoon. How, how, did, how did that start? How old were you? Who'd you meet first? Oh, this is nice. Yeah. So um, I met. <laughs> this is what I do for a living. Well, I met uh, Chris, the drummer from Greenspoon. I was a 14-year-old in Port Macquarie where I still live. Uh, he came up and he was driving one of those Volkswagen transporters, which always look- Like a serial killer. Well, or he's selling weed. So you don't know either way. Well, they're the ones with no windows. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was playing drums in a band called Deoxy Barbecue, another questionable band name. And he was an incredible drummer. And I was like, I met Chris and I was like, you don't play any drum fills. Like, you know, every other drummer I'd ever met up until my zero to 14 was always playing those, what was that silly song from Terminator 2? Like it was always lots of, lots of really busy kind of, I guess, Lars Ulrich or kind of Guns N' Roses style, lots of drumming stuff. And Chris played really simple to the song. And I was like, this is my guy. So I met him and I was like, Chris, you're my guy. And I, I held on to him and we moved to Lismore together. And <laughs> I started university at Lismore and he worked at Franklin's. And um, Chris's dad was a lecturer. He was a drumming lecturer at the university, which I was going to. Chris, Chris O's dad is like this legendary jazz musician. He played in Crossfire. You know, he's one of those kind of upper echelon jazz drummers. Steve Hopes, his name is. So anyway, he was doing a jam night on Monday night at this local little pub called the Golan Hotel. And he had this guy named Joe Hanson on bass and Pat Davin on guitar doing the jam night. And they would be doing you know this kind of funky stuff and me and chris are going this is fucking boring and but we knew that pat and um joe could play we like looked at them and they were really good players and we're like we need to get them in our band so the fix was on so chris sweet talked his dad into letting pat and joe know that i was okay and the band was sort of formed that way uh it was only through kind of chris o knowing steve hopes and them convincing this 17-year-old stoner from Port Macquarie that I was going to be okay. It, so it, it didn't work out immediately, but it kind of worked out later. So, you because you did your first gig at the Lismore Hotel, was that a – how was that? How did you put that together? Did you cram and write a, a million songs or did you do covers or like how – was that an easy process? Was it you just, just got up one night and – see what happened so i was in port macquarie playing with chris with the band called crab apple you mentioned earlier so they learned all a lot of the crab apple stuff mm-hmm. so we did a lot of that song yeah. a lot of those songs and as greenspoon though we were called hubcap oh to begin with really that. good name it's cool though yeah it's easy cool, to remember cool name um <laughs> and um we did we, we were basically a cover band of our old band from port macquarie and then i think joe quit because he didn't like me uh, he was like, he's such a wallflower. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like, I don't like this guy. He's a loser. I'm like, you're true. So we got another bass player for a hot minute. But um, essentially, Greenspoon started doing songs from our old band from Port and then we wrote Sick Fest and then everything kind well, of- Sick Fest was the song that you put into the inaugural Triple J Unearthed yep. in 95. Yep. That what What changed when you won that? Well, I didn't know what Triple J was. Like for me- well, Like current day listeners. <laughs> Oh, he went. <laughs> like kids these days. Okay. Uh, well, it's funny how things go in cycles, isn't it? Full cycle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 
Uh, so back then, you didn't know what Triple J was. Well, no, because I'm from regional Australia. So like kids these days. <laughs> I did not. Know. Well, I know. Yes, it's true. Yes. So back then, when we entered the Unearthed competition, I was like, I don't know what this is because I was from regional Australia. Triple J wasn't in my area. They were like, this is a big deal. I'm like, I don't know what this is. Whatever. We're putting a cassette tape in to enter this competition. Was it, it was on cassette. So I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm fucking whatever. Like I'm, I'm at uni. I had four bands at the time, Muscle, Rupert Foo Fuffle, Stiffy, Grinspoon. I'm like, I was a busy oh, man. Amazing Grinspoon stuck. That was- <laughs> I was a busy man. You were busy. Busy. It's like, oh, we've entered this one competition with a cassette with this radio station that doesn't exist. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Anywho, we won the competition from Lismore and we I wasn't from Lismore and Chriso's not from Lismore. And Pat's oh, not really from Lismore. So did, why did, did and Lismore, Lismore bands were so pissed <laughs> off, <laughs> so were. fucking pissed off with us. They're like, you are blow-ins, you're not from this town. Well, I didn't. I don't even know what this is. Anywho, <laughs> we won the competition. It was a reasonably good song to a, to a fair point, but Michael Tun, God bless his soul, on, Tunny. on the Request Fest, yes. played Sick Fest. Like we got requested so much. We, 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 we nailed it. It was, a good, it was a good time. So we were able to tour. Able to make some money and record our debut EP and the rest they say, it's not the rest they say is history, but that was important to be able, what happened when Triple J went national was able to have little bands like us from Lismore going, oh, we can go to Mackay and, you know, someone will come and watch us. Guide to Better Living, the debut album a few years after, that's to me still, I remember when that came out and, and how was that for you? How was that writing Grinspoon songs? You weren't using other songs. You were, did you, how, how, I'm always interested to know, like, because I, I like it how an experience like Unearthed happened and it kind of made you get serious. I'm assuming, putting words in your mouth, maybe. But what, what was that room like with Pat and the other boys writing that album? I think whenever you do a debut album, you want everything, you want every fantasy to come true. So you want to go, okay, I'm going to record at 3 a.m. high on cocaine. Yeah, in France. And I, and I want to record at <laughs> 7 a.m. on heroin. None of this happened, obviously, but like you, you want yeah, to do- speed. You want to- <laughs> but, You know, you, you want to do your, your first ever record. You're at Rocking Horse Studios in Byron Bay. I'm like, Phil McKellar, I want to record at 4 a.m. So yeah. we did stuff. We did, got to do everything. We flexed, oh, you know. We so were good. like, it was so amazing. We recorded the tape. Uh, it was- it was every song we'd ever written in our lives. We we're full of confidence, vim and vigor and chutzpah. It was one of those kind of like elbows out. We had, it's a really funny record because there's little bits of funk, a little bit of punk. It's a, it's a weird, funny record. Uh, I toured it recently on five years ago now, but we did that 20th anniversary. I'm like, oh my I remember. God, what on earth is this record about? We're but sitting like, there. Well, I watched you at the Enmore Theatre going, you are literally, you're the greatest, you're the greatest Australian front man. You are un- it's true. It is true. It's true. It's true. Um, Charismatic. It's modest. Modesty is one of my, but like recording guide was, I was thinking I would be 19. So I was, you know, I was just so happy to be there. It was just like this. It was so exciting and so much fun. And we had the ability to do whatever the fuck we wanted uh, as opposed to, a little bit later on, I guess we'll get to that when it kind of gets, oh yeah, you know, your your shoulders are a little bit move. But Guide was a a pure example of Lismore freaks on a lot of weed doing whatever the fuck we wanted to do. And it's like it's a really fun record, man. Six albums after that, you tell me, like, what were the highs? What were the lows of that? Like, uh, as the band, 
So we went to, we, after God to be living, that got released in America. And so we toured with Anthrax. We started with Anthrax. We were like ballers. We ended up touring with Vanilla Ice. Did you? Yeah. It kind of went. Yeah. <sighs> what does he do after that song? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, dun, but dun, yeah, dun, so dun, we dun, came dun, back dun. and we, we recorded a record called Easy, which was a, a you know, a, a direct kiss off to the whole American experience. And um, that's, a, that's my favorite Grinspoon record. I love that record. Um, and then we- I'm not saying that surprise, by the way. I like it. I like it, I like it too. I was going, what? Have you oh, that's a shit house record. Actually, are you, I'm amazed by that, actually, because that's the worst one you've done. Um, oh, that, was not, that was sixth on my that list. Was on the, that's the worst one. Uh, we've actually done seven records, thanks to the county. I said six after that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. we can go you, back if you, you'd you've like. You've got your details, Tracy Grimshaw. Yeah. Anywho, <clears> sorry, Alison we'll Langdon. Be back after this we'll break. be back after this break. <laughs> i roll another Coopers. Oh, yes. We should actually, not the one that you've already opened. That's the third time you've tried to open a uh, roll and open Coopers. <laughs> it's fun, though, because yeah, it spills on my dungarees. Um, so your favorite, you know, your easy is your favorite. But what? Where was there a time when looking at that discography, your time that you go, ugh. Oh, there's some gross periods, I think, in some ways. Are you trying to get into what was no, bad or no, was No, not at all. No, no, no. But I just want to know, like, was it easy being in a band for so long? Uh, it was easy being in a band because I was in a great band. Like, Pat, Joe, and Chris are they're fucking amazing people. Yeah. I'm still with them. Yeah. It's 27 years with amazing? these idiots. I looked amazing? around at them the other day. Uh, we just did a gig in Queanbeyan. And uh, like we made back to the hotel, and I was like, "This is twenty-seven years we've been doing this. Like, this is not normal." No. There's a massive amount of gratitude for those three other people because I put them through fucking hell, and they've they still love me, and likewise, I love them back. So, yes, there's been tricky times, but like, man, dude, like for had to, to be in the same room with those three individuals, yeah. like I've got their back, they've got mine. We argue, but. Like, I don't know any marriages have lasted longer. Like, it's it's absolutely – and we get along still really – we still fight about things, but they're important things to fight about yeah. creatively and yeah. artistically. And they get me, and I do my best with that band. But in relation to albums and what happened, pre-Chemical Heart was a different thing, and then Chemical Heart Whenever happened. Whenever you come on over, uh, I've said, oh, we're just going to play Green Spoon song now, and you're always like – so pre-chemical art was a different green spoon and post-chemical yeah. art was a different green spoon. Yeah. So, and like, I'm very grateful we got that song and it's yeah. amazing. And it's like, that's the one. Uh, that's your black fingernails, red wine, as you were singing. Black fingernails, red wine. I've on the podcast recently. It's true though. You should You're listen. Being- Cav.com. <laughs> that's very easy. <laughs> Website. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, it's a great era of Australia. Like Australian music was brilliant, and is well, it is brilliant. It but still it, is brilliant. It is still is brilliant. But Amel. there were bands. There were bands. Oh yeah, Amel. Amel Jack White name checked them in the last podcast we did. Who is he new? Yeah, he's a new guy. New yeah, guy. yeah, he's rubber, he's got talent or something. Sounds, sounds like a groovy um, guy from Western let, Australia. Let's go. I want, I want, now I want to go to the highs because you did Commonwealth Games in 2006. You, that wasn't a high. But why not? It was so Because weird. no one watches the Commonwealth so, Games? <laughs> it was so- like, wow, we wanted to get the Olympics. Damn. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I tried to get the Olympics, but I got you the Calm Games. You're cool with that? That's your manager, by the way. I was being your manager. It was a weird gig, the Calm Games. What it's- songs did you do? They Did made you do it. your songs? <laughs> no, we we had to do Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. Uh, <laughs> Black Fingernails, Red Wine. Of course. And, and something from Muscle. 
Hello, hey. your majesty. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, that's appeared on our Wikipedia. Oh, uh, yeah, we did the Com Games. Yeah. But is there, what was the, what's the best moment as a member oh of Oh, my Brisbane? God. The best moment. The, the best the, moment. The best moment. Apart from this one. Well, the, like, <laughs> it's a weird question because it's literally saying together. Like, I don't know about the best moment. Like, you can, you can talk about playing at the big day. But, no, but a moment that you now, oh, as Philip Jamison sitting here, uh, looking back going, I should have appreciated that. But yeah, oh, I'll oh, tell you oh what. Oh, my God, there's a thousand of them. Because when I saw Powderfinger's last ever show at the River Stage in Brisbane, I'm just saying that I didn't give that band enough credit. They were a lot better than I, I thought they were. And I, I appreciate them still to this day. Appreciating things from your past, what is something that stands out for you that now you can go, "We that was amazing? Well, I think obviously for me personally, what stands out is it's really hard to be self-reflective. As a little Gen X punk, it it gets my skin up a bit. Like I just kind of, I get itchy about it, about, about going. Reflecting. Yeah, kind of a bit. Like it's, it's, it's weird is for me. Is that why you go, haven't written a book? I've written many that just can't be published, but I, I'm just like one of those, you know, like looking at it and you, you mentioned the like those Wikipedia moments like Commonwealth Games mm. or those kind of things that you go, oh, this is a big, like a big yeah. tick moment and you go, this is- that was the- yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to me sometimes like playing CBGBs in front of people that I loved or mm. having really bad gigs and knowing that they're still okay. Like there's something this is there's this kind of warm comfort to me that they those three members I mentioned earlier have my back. And you can talk about those um those yeah. big moments, like really big moments. And I think, you know, Commonwealth Games or Grand Finals or those moments where you play those big things where everyone's like, like but we should have got Jimmy Barnes. But, but I was using that more as a going, you've done this, but what is your Com Games? Oh, okay. I t- well, to me. Maybe I didn't articulate it. Yeah. Because t- you t- stormed out. Well, so, I did. <laughs> I mean, I did. this is like. Well, you know, it's good TV. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, are we on like 10 Peach or something? <laughs> Yeah, that'll be our digital channel, 10 page. We okay, I'm channel. David Rain. Look, my thing is uh, I'm, I, I'm still like kind of a bit anti about the big moments. So someone asked me on a, an interview recently, what's your biggest achievement as a band? I'm like, oh, I think staying together, like I, it's a really bad answer. But to me that in that, like I just mentioned that, in that queen being in a hotel room going, fuck, we're still here and we still like each other. So regardless of all the shit that's gone on and I look at around my peers and like we just finished that tour called Spring Loaded with UMI and Rick Gershon and Tumbleweed and Jebediah and the bands we all grew up with and Living End and all those people and we love them. But, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that I, I, I can't really quantify and I'm, it's a terrible answer, but I don't know how to answer it. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. That's good. You didn't answer a question in 20 minutes, so it was good. Uh, okay. <laughs> Name a band starting with A. Asshole. Um, and more on the sniffers. Um, all right, let's talk about you then as a person. Okay. So you, you do a lot of things. You're busy. You're a busy boy. You did the American Idiot musical. Um, you toured the White Album with people that you just mentioned before, Timmy Rogers, uh, Josh Pike, Chris Chaney. You keep busy and you've uh, just released a solo album. I have. And was that a, I hate, I hate saying the word, but was that a pandemic project? Was it always on the cards? Was it delayed because of pandemic? Why choose to do that? Apart from the fact that you're very good at it and it's very enjoyable. Well, I've been playing these songs to people for like 10 years and they were like, you should release this. I'm like, well, I don't want to. And so it got to a point where it had to be done and Wally 
from Cheer Squad was like, he'll put it out. And I was like, do we have to? And then I'm like, I guess we do. Somebody else has the album, by the way. It's out now. Cracking tracks. It's some cracking tracks. I love Kapow. Kapow is one of my favorites. Thank you. I like it too. Like my my biggest thing is I hate a lot of the music I do. I like you will ask any artist. They have a love-hate relationship with anything they do. Is that because you only enjoy the thing you're working on now? Because I find that to to be quite a... uh, a common thread with people who go, oh, they make an album, it takes a year to put it out, then we tour it two years later, we're playing songs that I know I can do better. Like, are you only liking what you're working on now versus – because you obviously don't like to be retrospective. You, you mentioned that before. Is are listening to these songs on this solo album things that you did eight years ago? And you're like, Meh, I'm so much better than that now. I know. I, I don't think I'm better. I just find listening to myself at the best of times kind of like, <laughs> uh, but like. Except when you're talking. Except when I'm talking. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, I remember you DJ at that party we were at and you pretended to let us all choose a song, but you still didn't let us. Uh, that's me. <laughs> Somebody else came about because it was time, basically. I think it might, might have been pandemic. It might have been that I had these 10 songs sitting there and I was just like, look, it's time to release these. I had the ability to do it through Wally. It was really nice of him. There's some cracking tracks on it. The biggest thing I have about that record, which I've just released, is that I still like it, which for me to say is kind of a big deal because I kind of yeah, don't like a lot of stuff. So, yeah, and I'm ready to do the next one. And I think... In the end of it, I hate to use this word, it's kind of a cathartic experience releasing really personal songs that you've worked on for 10 years. And then once they are released and they are out, then there's this big emotional going, oh, my God, everyone knows them now. And it kind of you, you feel like that your lungs have been withdrawn from you and it's kind of a, it's a that that week of releases kind of like does anyone like it is it okay but yeah. yes i like it and that's the main thing and how's it been on the road like it's playing been, the songs? it's been good it's been like i tour manage guitar tech drive book the hotels do lobby call uh and as much as i am good at that Occasionally, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, it's been it's been it's DIY, and it's been beautiful. And I think most importantly, the people that have come to see the shows have been at least entertained. Yes, um, you're never not entertained. Well, but also I'm working hard, so I I'm not doing that and this and that. I'm actually like there's a lot of guitar work that I have to concentrate on. Um, but also Davey Lane was on that tour as well, which is great to have him on the road. Let's finish with the fact that- Are we finishing? Uh, Jesus what? Christ. Yeah, we've done a lot. Unless there's anything we didn't cover, by all means, ask yourself a question and I'll put it in. <laughs> <laughs> Are we finishing? Wow, okay. okay. No, we're not finishing the uh, the gathering. We're still going to catch up. We're going to catch up. Okay. Uh, we'd like to finish with who you'd like to introduce us to. Who is someone you're listening to at the moment that you go, Bang. I like I like that guy. Oh, this is good. That's a really good question. And Jack Whites was Amel and the Sniffers, by the way. Yeah, I mean I'm yes. well, Emil, well, he yeah, actually I said mean- a meal and the Sniffers. <laughs> cool. Like oh, so, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, a bit of a Jack White chip on your shoulder. No, no. I know I, I toured with I toured with the White Stripes in two thousand and two. Yeah, well, was it two thousand and two? I think so. Big day out, two thousand two. Yeah. They were on the green stage. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been. I was at that big day out. Yeah, so I was on tour with them. Yeah, that was. Uh, he was an interesting cat. Anyway, uh, so is the so arcade ni- fire ni- chat. Nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> nice guy. Uh, long story long is that I love Turnstile. Like I've just, yep. I've kind yep. of been just switched onto them. I'm late to the game, but uh, I'm really excited by them. They remind me of the Bronx, but they've got this great 
I don't know. It's been really well produced. I've got disco acetic, yep. great fucking cowbells, and they're exciting to me. So turnstile for me. And, you know, locally, you know, there's Black Rock Band, obviously King Stingray, uh, and also there's a band called Press Club who've just released this incredible record called Endless Motion. They're an Australian band out of Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're what I've been listening to recently. That Press Club, check them out. I think they're in Glasgow tonight, but like they're a, she's a force. And there's some, there's some brutal, I love punk rock. So there's a brutal honesty to I saw idols the other night. Yeah. Well, don't rub it in. I didn't see idols. All right. So oh, thanks. Okay. But, uh, I didn't see idols. Oh, did you watch Pinch Points? You obviously missed the support. Anyway, Pinch Points who supported Pinch idols. Point, they're, Melbourne, they're Melbourne guys. They're great. They're great. As well. As well. Uh, I've seen them before. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I love Idols. Uh, but yes. God, the only person that he doesn't take it like, oh, did you see Cool Band? Oh, if you didn't see the support, you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call oh, you on sorry, it. If you're going to go to the Enmore Theatre. to spare to go to the Enmore. you're going to go to the Enmore Theatre. Uh, I'll get my bag from my back. <laughs> um, mate, it's always an absolute joy to see you. I love being in your company. Um, and I'm glad we can finally do this. Thank you so much for having me. 